0: Welcome to Triumph and Transformation, Inspiring Stories of Accomplished Alumni, a podcast where we delve into the incredible journeys of Monroe College alumni and discover the inspiring stories behind their success. From defining moments and pivotal decisions that propelled our guests to change their lives and impact their families and communities, they recount their personal and professional transformations. Together, we will uncover the lessons they've learned along the way, the hurdles they've overcome, and the innovative solutions they've implemented in their respective fields. Let's dive in.
1: Good morning. This is Steve Jerome, the chairman of Monroe College, and I have the pleasure today to introduce Selena Suarez, who is one of the most successful graduates of Monroe College and someone that I am proud of and everyone else at the college is proud of. And Selena, we are delighted to have you with us this morning. We're going to talk a lot about you and the beginning of your life and where it really started, and then we'll come into how do we find Monroe College. So why don't we start from the beginning? When you grew up, before you came to Monroe College, where were you? What kind of life were you living as a young, young kid?
2: Yeah, so um, I'm a native from New York City. I was born and raised in Brooklyn. I'm the oldest of 12 children. So yes, 12 children. We all have the same mom. We are a dozen I mean, I am the oldest, so there are 10 of us that are girls, 10 girls, two boys. And yeah, growing up in my family, we had a pretty tough upbringing. We spent a lot of time in foster care, so we moved around a lot all over New York City. And eventually, when I was about 15 years old, I was in high school, I became a teen mom, and I relocated to the Bronx I was in my the end of my eleventh year in high school when I found out about Monroe College. Back then there used to be this program that if you were able to pass the college entrance exam, that financial aid would allow you to attend school. It was a I don't know if that program still exists, but many years ago they were trying to get people back into school to complete their degrees.
1: I do want to say that, that program exists today and what they're really doing is people who did not graduate high school but are working and have a future, they come into a similar program most go at night today. Yes, go ahead. I'm yeah, sorry. and you know, that that's yeah. really
2: important to note because I think in the education system, folks feel like if somebody drops out of high school Then it must be because, you know, they can't go to college or whatever. And that's not always the case. Like in my situation, I was actually a high school student, but because I was an emancipated minor and I had a child and I had a household, like I had my own apartment at the time, I didn't have the time to be in high school eight hours a day. I had to work full time to afford to take care of myself and my child. So For me, going to college would have been a better option because it's four hours a day, it's four hours a week, and I was trying to get into school. And I, you know, I I was a pretty good student. So I dropped out of high school at the end of the 11th grade. And that summer is when I applied to Monroe. And I got into the school on that program. I had to complete 24 college credits. So that took me almost two years. But at the end of the two years, I had an associate's degree and I had my GED. So the, the state will award you a GED if you can successfully pass the entrance exam and complete 24 credits. And that really started my education journey. At the time, when I was at Monroe, I studied business. I remember taking my first Excel class in my first semester. I didn't know what Excel was. I didn't understand how data was used to drive business success. I bring that up because it's really important in the grand scheme of like what my career became. But that first Excel class, there was a, a gentleman that taught it, it really was amazing to see how data, you can put data together to paint a picture and, and and see how well a company is or isn't doing. And I really was interested in business. But at the time, I, I wanted to go to a bigger school and I wanted to study science. I don't know where I got that idea from, but I wanted to study science. I ended up, because I did so well at Monroe College and I ended up graduating with honors, I got a scholarship to do my bachelor's at St. John's University. So I left after my associate's degree. I went to St. John's University. I was there for a year and I quickly learned that it just wasn't the environment for me. I just didn't get that same nurturing and care and support. When I was at Monroe, I always had someone there, whether it was Alexander, who he helped me get admitted to the school, my professors, everybody kind of rallied around me to keep me successful. And for somebody like me that had a child and came from the background that I came from, it was really important for me to have that support system. And that didn't exist at the big college at that time. So I ended up leaving St. John's. I came back to Monroe and finished out my bachelor's degree there. And I was working in the learning center, helping people. I was coaching and tutoring people in accounting. And I was going back to help students like myself who were having trouble passing the college entrance exam. So that program that I did that where I got the 24 college credits, you had to be able to pass a college entrance exam. And that was basic high school math and English. And there were people who were coming in who were struggling with passing the exam because they needed coaching and tutoring and they weren't used to taking tests. A lot of different reasons. Maybe they've been out of school for a long time. So I was working in the learning center as part of a program that helped those individuals have the skills that they needed to get through the college entrance exam so they could successfully enroll in college. And I went to go work in the vice president's office and that started my career in higher ed. So I spent eight years at Monroe College giving back to the community because I was so passionate about helping other people go to college because I knew how life changing it was for me. So when I went to go work at Monroe, I was able to go back to my old neighborhood. I was able to travel overseas. I got to talk about Monroe and my story and how, you know, education changed my life. And it was a really fulfilling job. And one of the things that I ended up doing in that role is I started to look at the data, like how many people from low-income areas were transitioning to college? How were they doing, right? Were they persisting? Were they graduating? Were they ending up with college debt? I was looking at a lot of that information and I started to build data systems to help us better track the outcomes of these individuals. Just two things.
1: One, you were a day student or an evening student.
2: So I I did it all. I was a day student. I was an evening student. I was an online student. So it took me quite a bit of time to complete my degree because, again, it wasn't a straight shot.
1: What would be a very memorable situation when you were a student at the college?
2: You know, the best thing for me, because of the type of student I was, was the environment. Right. Like when I was at Monroe, they did everything that they could to make sure that I didn't drop out right? When you asked if I was a day student, I was a day student. I was an evening student. I was an online student. And they worked with me to create whatever schedule it took for me to get through college. Like not a lot of colleges are going to do that, right? They have their set schedule. If you can't take it, then you're pretty much out of luck. At Monroe, what was memorable for me is that I just had such a positive experience in college because I had all these people that were rooting for me to win and they were moving any boulders out of the way that they needed to. Like there was times I didn't have food. I didn't have money. I didn't have transportation. Monroe College got me on the shuttle. Monroe College allowed me to access a portion of my financial aid so I can have a meal card so I can eat at school every day, just like the resident life students. Monroe College provided opportunities for me to drop my son off and have childcare while I took my evening courses. All of those things kept me on track. If I didn't have those resources in place, there would have been no way that I would have been able to graduate from school. So, you know, I owe a lot to the school because of that, but that's what's most memorable for me. It was really an environment of family and love and care and just the support that I needed to get through. And that's not common, right? That's not something that exists at every university or every college that you might want to enroll in.
1: So when you graduated, you're telling me you started working at the college. What did you do when you started working at the college?
2: Yeah, so I, you know, I spent my time giving back. I was so grateful for the experience that I had. You know, I, I got myself right out of poverty. When I started at Monroe College, I was on a state program helping me pay my rent. I was receiving food stamps. I was pretty low income, right? I lived in a very low income area. There was a lot of crime there. My apartment got broken into like 15 times. It was it was a nightmare and it was really, really hard to navigate through. But You know, when I got my degree, the world opened up for me because when I graduated and I started to work at Monroe, I had a full-time job. I was able to put my kids in Catholic school. I moved to a nicer neighborhood and that started my journey upwards. My degree at Monroe College and the work experience that I had, I ended up getting a scholarship and I also got tuition support from Monroe to go do my MBA at St. John's. So at that time, this is before Monroe had an MBA program. So I ended up doing my MBA at St. John's University in executive management, but I was so prepared for that, right? I was so worried that I wouldn't measure up because of my background and the schools that I went to and because I dropped out. I was doing my MBA with students who came from MIT, who came from Harvard, who came from all over the world. And I was concerned, right, that I wouldn't be able academically to hold my own next to these students. But that wasn't the case. I graduated at the top of my class with my MBA from St. John's. And I immediately went into the tech industry from there. So I was really prepared. I was worried that I wasn't, but I actually, what I learned that Monroe actually carried me all the way through to where I'm at today.
1: Well, I, I must say from where you started, what you did, what you went through, and now you graduated your master's program. You had your MBA, I believe. You eventually left Monroe College working. And where do you go next?
2: Yeah. So when I left Monroe College, I wanted to work with an organization that helped students at an earlier stage. So I took the job at Monroe because I wanted to do admissions. I wanted to help people get to college. And because I worked in the learning center and I was like getting all my friends and my family members to enroll in Monroe, I had this passion for that. And I really cared about educational outcomes. So I started to think about like Could I work with students who are younger? I had this strong desire inside of me to start working with high school students. I was like, well, if I could go work with a program that dealt with high school students and we can prep them for the Monroe Colleges of the world, wouldn't that be a great use of my time? So I went to go work for the Ann and Andrew Tisch Foundation. So they're a nonprofit organization. I think one of the members is on the same board as Monroe College. They care about educational outcomes of individuals in New York City. And what we were doing is building college access and success programs throughout the New York City DOE. When I started there, we partnered with 30 schools in New York City and we would create programs for those students to think about college. Right. Like when I opened the Yellow Pages and I found Monroe and I walked in the door and I met Alexander, I got into college. But if I would have walked in the door of some other school and they would have told me, well, you know, you don't have the background. We don't think you should get into college. I may have missed that whole ship right? So I was concerned about people like myself who just didn't know anything about the college process. And so that's the work I started doing there. I went to go build college cultures throughout the New York City DOE. You became a great humanitarian. You're worried about people who came
1: from where you came from to make sure they got to the right place. And that's very, very special. How long did you stay there?
2: I was with them for six years. And during my time there, I built an application that helped to track students from the time that they leave college and leave high school and track their whole journey up until the time they landed employment. And sure. that application that I built was then bought by a company. I ended up selling it into a bunch of school districts. And then it was bought by, it was acquired by a company who then hired me to lead their education program. And when that company went in another direction, I reacquired that application. And then I went to go work for Salesforce.
1: Right. So then you went to work
2: for Salesforce and how long we at Salesforce. Salesforce was literally my dream job, right? Like here's this girl from the Bronx who like grew up in foster care. And now I'm at the biggest tech company in the world, right? 30,000 employees. When I started there, they were a $60 billion company. I was seriously having, you know, imposter syndrome. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm getting this job, but you know why they hired me. So here's the interesting thing. I was worried about my candidacy against the... There was like 500 people who applied for the job I applied to. And what helped me to stand out is that they were hiring somebody to build their education product. So they had this product that they sold into schools. and They were looking for a senior product manager that could take their higher education product and extend it for K-12. So how perfect is that, right? I started my career in higher ed. I went to go work with the little kids because I wanted to help high school kids. Now this big tech company is knocking on my door because I'm one of the few people who had the experience from K to 20, right? I I had that experience and that passion and they, they wanted someone like me and I got that job. I ended up staying in that job for only two years. It was literally a dream job. I got to travel all over the world for free for the first time. I got to just be everywhere and meet thousands of people and I I built my network. What happened in that job, the reason why I left after two years is because prior to joining Salesforce, I created an organization. So it wasn't a nonprofit yet. It was just a volunteer initiative. I said, I want to go back to my community and I want to teach people how to do what I did. Like I built that app and look, that app is solving a societal issue all across the U.S., Right prior to going there, I went to Dreamforce, which is a conference that Salesforce has every year. We, it's actually coming up next week in San Francisco. And when I was there, I had left the Young Women's Leadership Network, the organization I was working for, and I went to go work for a consulting firm. So I was actually a consultant for a year before I went to Salesforce. And I was kind of feeling a little, not like I was in the right place with that company. It just felt something felt a little bit off and I wanted to do more. And so I go to this big conference and we're walking down this gigantic hallway and I see all these people walking towards this auditorium and my feet were, was hurting. So I was like, oh my God, because we walk it all around San Francisco. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so tired. Everybody's going that way. There's seats. I'm going to go. I walk into there and guess who it is? It's Tony Robbins, right? I never, I didn't even know who Tony Robbins was other than he walks on fury firing rocks. That's all I knew about him. Right. And I thought it was like a one hour session. It happened to be, it was like a five hour session where you could go see Tony Robbins talking about unleashing the power in your life. And I went into that meeting, like I was so inspired by his message and his, his validation that no matter where you come from, you can change the world. You can change your life. You can change the life for your family. And those are the things that I have been doing, you know? So he was talking about you. He was. I mean, I felt like he was talking directly to me. Right. Right. So I left, this was on a Friday. So I left that session. By Monday, I had quit my job. I applied for the job at Salesforce, and I founded PepUp Tech. Like I literally was that inspired that I immediately did three things: quit my job, that I had a really good job, and a, a really good title. I quit the job, I applied at Salesforce, and I started Up Tech. And two months later, I was working at Salesforce. I incorporated PepUp Tech as a nonprofit, and Salesforce gave me my first fifty thousand dollars to grow that business. So. That's why I ended up leaving Salesforce two years later because the company grew so fast. I didn't think it would. I was like, oh, we're going to do this volunteer thing and teach people how to do tech. But it ended up growing so fast that I ended up leaving so I could be the executive director of the company that I started.
1: Right. And then what happened in above press? What happened? What do you do with these people? Where'd they come from? where they go after they were done with your program?
2: Yeah. So after I was inspired by, by Tony Robbins, I established a nonprofit called PepUp Tech. PepUp Tech exists to help underrepresented minorities, women, and low-income people break into the tech industry because it it had such a powerful force in my life, right? Like I I was able to elevate myself, not only myself, but my entire family out of poverty. I have a big family. You guys know I'm the oldest of 12. Um, I have four children. But, you know, I was able to literally change the lives of like my entire family. That's like breaking an entire generational curse, and I did it through education. And then I worked in a in a powerful industry. The tech industry is an industry that is filled with innovation and jobs and opportunities and prospects. And we live in a digital world. Like what's happening in tech is what happened, you know, during the industrial revolution when we had steam engines. Right. This is our version of the industrial revolution. Right. And so I wanted to go back to my community and give people like me the opportunity. I said there has to be other Salinas out there, people that have you know, the potential to go out into the world and help others. And so when I started Pep Up Tech, it was based on that vision that I would get all these people and help them and teach them what I knew. So it didn't take them, it took me like 12 years to break into tech. I was like, I could build a program that could help people transition quicker, right? I can show them what they need to know. So it didn't take them 12, 13, 14, 15 years to break in. And my program consisted of two things. One was the actual technology, right? I was teaching people how to build software to solve societal problems. And two was all of the social stuff that you need to succeed, right? How do I build a network? How do I market myself? How do I interview well? All the things that I had to learn by trial and error, I built the program out of it. And so to date, we've placed 500 people in jobs. Our average salary nationally right now is at $68,000 for their first role. In Florida, where we're headquarters, the average salary sits at $74,000. And that program, we've earned over 500 certifications on the technical stack. And we did that with like four employees. So we actually had a huge amount of impact. We eventually established a consulting company where the people who graduate from my program can go work for organizations that were making strong social impacts across the U.S., one of the companies that we, we did this work for is the Innocence Project. So the Innocence Project is an organization that helps wrongly convicted people prove their case through DNA and other means and get out of prison, right? They've freed and gotten, you know, many, many people who were either discriminated against because of lack of money, racial issues, all types of things. And we were able to build a platform for them to help them get all of their volunteer pro bono lawyers connected to the organization so they could do this really important work So it kind of created this virtuous cycle, right? We're doing this training program, but then we're reaching back out into the world and we're helping organizations that are really out there doing the work, getting people out of jail, getting people educated, feeding the homeless, and we do tech projects for them. Now, did you do this in a classroom? Did you do it virtually? Did you do it online? Connecting this back to Monroe College, when I had this idea to do pep-up tech, I said, hey, I got to find people who want to do this. So I went to Monroe and I pitched a program to the IT department. Monroe College was our very first partner. Monroe College said, you know, you're an alumni. We trust you. We love what you're doing. And we're going to support this. And so we got the support from the IT and computer science department, which is how we got pep-up Tech off the ground. We started doing boot camps on site at Monroe on the weekends. So we would go in on a Saturday and we would, you know, work with the IT department and we would train people in these boot camp type environments over two to five days. And then eventually we moved the entire program virtually. So today the entire program is virtual. Monroe is still a partner. We still get tons of applications from Monroe College students. We have Monroe College students out there in the world who are are fantastic technologists. Our very, very first student came from Monroe College and he is a complete success story. He came from Jamaica. He was studying computer science at Monroe. I met him when he was a senior. He was only 19 years old and was already a computer science senior at Monroe. We ended up putting him in an internship with Meals on Wheels, so he built a database for them. And today he is a senior developer. He has a high six-figure salary. He's only like 26, 27 years old, super young. I mean, he's changed his life and his the life of his entire family. And we used his case study as a footprint to develop the entire program for everyone else who came behind him.
1: Do you realize how amazing your story is and what you have done to change so many people's lives, and that all came from opening the yellow pages one day, <laughs> and walking <laughs> in Monroe College and meeting Alex Canales, Right? Yeah. No, I mean it's really it's remarkable, and I, I would say you've probably been one of our more successful graduates, and we have many of them, but you are very special. Yes. So keep going, keep going.
2: Yeah. So I was the executive director at Pep Up Tech for seven years. And then last year, I started feeling like, okay, I figured this thing out. I've learned how to break into the tech industry. I've trained hundreds of people. We have this little organization in Florida that's, you know, you know, we have 500 people, but I wanted to take it globally. I wanted to go work for a global organization that was doing this work at scale. And I wanted to give them what I built. Like that was my idea. I didn't know how or when or who it was going to happen with. I just again, had this burning desire like I did when I went to the Tony Robbins seminar. And in my heart, I was saying, this needs to be on a bigger platform. Like what I built for Up Tech needs to be available to everyone, no matter where they are. And I just kept manifesting that into the universe. And all of a sudden, I got an email on LinkedIn from a friend who was like, hey, there's this role at ServiceNow, which is another big tech company. And they have this role and they're looking for someone to uh, fill a role called the Global Head of ServiceNow Training Professionals. And they're looking for somebody that has done exactly what you've done for the Salesforce ecosystem with PepUp Tech. I wasn't even looking for a job. Like I had the idea. So i was like, okay, whatever. I really respected the person who sent it to me. So I opened up the job description and I was just shocked. I was like, this role was made for me. I knew it. I knew it when the first time I saw it, I immediately reached out to her and I said, I am going to apply to this job. And she was like, there is nobody better on the planet for this role than you. What do you do with PepUp Tech though? So um, I'm on the board of PepUp Tech now. So I'm the board okay. chair. Right. And we have a new interim ED who was a former board member. Right. Um, she's still a board member, but she is our interim ED. And what we're doing is looking to bring service now into PepUp Tech as our second tech stack. So PepUp Tech is all Salesforce and CompTIA. Right. Right. So now that I'm with ServiceNow, my goal is to get ServiceNow training into PepUp Tech so students have a third option
1: Good. for building
2: Great. that
1: career. Great. Are you still dealing with Monroe College, hopefully?
2: Oh yeah. So ServiceNow is fantastic. Just to give you a quick overview about what I'm doing there. Similar to what I did at PepUp Tech for the US, our program is global. So we we run programs in, in the Americas, which includes Canada, Latin America, Caribbean, and United States. But I also lead the EMEA program. So we work with many countries like the Netherlands, France, Spain, Sweden, Switzerland. We run programs in the UK, so the Greater Britain, Greater London area, as well as Australia. So those are all my markets. And I run government programs, student success and alumni programs. My team is about 20 people now. They're all dispersed globally. So I I run a global team that's all over the world. And we are making this happen in the ServiceNow ecosystem ecosystem. And of course, the first thing I did was call Mark Jerome and said, hey, can we get service now into Monroe College? I told him two things. I said, one, I want to come back and teach for Monroe. I want to teach right. like an entrepreneurship course. Okay, and he's, great. Like, he's like, of course, send your resume. Let's get you in the interview process. Right. And then two, I said, I want to bring service now into Monroe and make you guys a partner so that we can work with the foundation and hopefully fund some of the programs that are coming out of the foundation at Monroe College to get more people into tech and trained on the ServiceNow ecosystem.
1: Unbelievable. Really unbelievable. I mean, I've been proud of you from the day I met you. As I listen to this, I'm more proud of you of what you have accomplished. You probably look in the mirror every so often and say, this is where I came from. This <laughs> is where I am. And it all started with college and changes and going forward. If you have to give someone who's going to listen to this podcast one last good advice, what would you tell them?
2: The first thing that I would say is if you come from a background like mine, right, where maybe you didn't have the traditional family structure or education structure that you think it takes to be a successful person, I would encourage you just to look a little bit deeper because like I mentioned to you guys, me being the oldest of 12, me being a single parent, me being a, a teen mom, all of those things made me more successful in business. And I would have never thought that they did, but guess what? If you're the oldest of 12 kids, what does that mean? I know how to corral the group, right? I know how to get people together and move them in a certain direction. I know how to take care of people. I know how to manage my time. I know how to to show empathy right? I know how to solve problems. I know how to get up and keep going when the going gets tough. And those are things that are really going to help you in business. So don't count yourself out and think that business is not for me. It's made for the people who go to Harvard and are trained, because it's just simply not true. Like a diverse workforce is needed. The companies that hire people like me and like you are the ones that are going to succeed because we actually have the grit. We have the life experience. Like this job that I'm in today, I absolutely love my job. It's I just kick myself every day. It's unbelievable that I have the kind of job that I have considering where I came from. And guess what? They want me there. And I was hired to be there because of all those experiences that I had. So don't count yourself out. Just know that, you know, everything that you've done and, and you have done in your life has brought you to this exact moment. And I'm so glad that the first thing I did was went to Monroe College. I'm so glad that I left St. John's when I needed that support and came back because even in my job today, when I have to write strategic plans, I have to work on budgets, I have to, you know, make decisions. All of those things that I learned at Monroe helped me. Like I took a public speaking class at Monroe College that I literally did not want to take. Like I was just like, oh my God, I don't want to take public speaking. It sounds so boring. Thank God I took that class. I used the techniques that I learned in that class every single day in my job. I took business writing, business writing. If you haven't taken business writing, no matter what your major is, take it. There are so many people out there that can't, compose a simple business letter. It goes a long way. So there's classes like that, that seem like, well, why do I have to take this class? Introduction to accounting. I say today, thank God I took introduction to accounting because when I have to deal with the IRS, I actually know what I'm talking about because I learned these things at Monroe. There's such a foundation that I got at Monroe college. And if I didn't have that foundation in no way would I be able to do the role that I'm doing today. So, you know, use that, like build your education, be really selective about what courses that you choose. Do the best that you can in those courses and trust and have faith that that's going to give you the foundation to be successful later in life.
1: You have lived and are living and will continue to live to keep changing people's lives, your family around you changing their lives. And now we have to get you to get Mark Jerome involved to get you to teach at Monroe and get involved with your new company. I mean, I think that you have to be so proud of what you have accomplished. Really, as I listen to you, I glow because I know all the things that I've worked with, but you are what we all do at Monroe and we have many of you, but you've gone to a level that's really very, very special.
0: for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a rating, review, and following the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information, you can follow along on social media at Monroe College or visit www.monroecollege.edu. Have a wonderful week.